Welcome to Get Right for Sunday, a podcast designed to help you prepare for Sunday and beyond. I am Pastor Wright, and each week I have a conversation exploring the Bible readings for this upcoming Sunday. Join us as we discuss how the lessons are applied to our daily life in Christ. Welcome to Get Right for Sunday. I am Pastor Wright, and today we get to look at the readings for the 23rd Sunday after Pentecost. We're starting to get close to the end of the church year, and so we're going to start hearing all this stuff about the end. The end is coming, and be prepared, and be watchful. And I think this is really important for us in this day and age. If you read St. Paul, St. Peter, and even Jesus himself, specifically in texts like this, it is always, the end is coming. St. Paul and St. Peter often talked about how Jesus was coming back now. Be ready now. And I've always really liked this because I like to think Jesus hasn't shown up in 2,000 years. I'm pretty sure he's not going to show up today. I'm good. I can continue to live the way I want. I can continue to do what I want. I'm safe until I die. And then I get heaven and I don't have to worry about dealing with the end. This could not be farther from the truth. In fact, if we just hear what Jesus says. So we're looking at St. Luke chapter 21, and this is verses 5 through 28. So it's a rather large text. And while, and this is verse 5, and while some were speaking of the temple, how it was adorned with noble stones and offerings, he said, as for these things that you see, The days will come when there will not be left here one stone upon another that will not be thrown down. Now, I imagine that people are just marveling at the beauty of the temple, knowing that worship takes place there, that God has promised to be there, and all these amazing things are just happening. And Jesus makes this huge statement The end is coming. It's going to crumble. Not one stone will be left on another. I mean, talk about a Debbie Downer. What what is the point of this? Well, first of all, we have to remember, no matter the grandeur of the place in which you worship God, we always need to remember who is being worshipped, what is being given, what are the treasures of the church. And it's easy to say, it's not the building, it's not the facility, it's not the things that are there. Those are good, and we should never, never dismiss them, and we should never brush them off. These are the things that aid us in worship. These are the things that help us focus on worship, what's taking place, why it's taking place. If you have things that are distracting, well, it's going to be distracting to worship. If you have things that are not conducive to worship, it's going to be hard to be worship, hard to worship. So there's a lot of things in this. And so 
I don't know if they were pointing at it and saying, Jesus, look how great this is. It's so great, God has to be here. And again, trying to put the, the card before the horse in the whole worship thing. And so Jesus has no bones about pointing out what comes first. And of course, that's God. And him being God in flesh, he comes first. So after Jesus makes this statement that the temple will be crushed and and not one stone will be left upon another, these people, their ears perk up and they ask him, teacher, when will these things be? And what will be the signs when these things are about to take place? Now, I don't know about you, but if something bad is going to happen, I want to be prepared. At one time, long time ago, I was a Boy Scout, and as you guys know, the Boy Scout motto is be prepared. Wouldn't it be great to be prepared for anything bad that is coming? That way you can be ready, you can have food, you can have shelter, you can have an escape plan, whatever you need. Wouldn't it be great if you knew what was going to happen? Well, Jesus tells us. He said, and this is verse 8, See that you are not led astray. For many will come in my name, saying, I am he, and the time is at hand. Do not go after them. And when you hear of wars and tumults, do not be terrified. For these things must first take place, but the end will not be at once. So notice, dear listener, that Jesus doesn't say, okay, here's the time, here's the place, here's this, here's that, be prepared. And when you see these very specific things detailed, laid out, watch out because I'm coming, the end is coming. He really makes this big statement that has been really been preached since the fall of of man into sin. Do not be led astray. Do not let others speak to you and believe them. Do not listen to the false prophets. Do not listen to the false priests, so on and so forth. And then wars and tumults and all the evil things of the world, they must take place. But the end will not be all at once. So just think for a moment. How many wars have you lived through have you watched and heard about in the news? In, in my lifetime, I, I can think of several. And then that's not counting the big world wars and, and so on and so forth. And if we just look at the history of the world, when has there not been war? When has there not been disasters and so on and so forth? So we, we need to be careful about this because, again, wars show the sinfulness and the corruption of who we are, what we are. We are sinful people, and we do sinful things. And war is truly a product of that. But yet, this other statement that Jesus starts off with, see that you are not led astray, for many will come in my name saying, I am he, and the time is at hand. We need to hear God's word through our pastors. We need to hear God's word through the church, we need to hear what God says, not what the man says, not what the cult of personality says, and so on and so forth. And God has not revealed to us when the end is coming. He does not reveal to us when Jesus is coming back, which really does mean be ready at all times, in season and out of season. 
we do not know when the end is coming. And so we gather together as his people and we get to build one another up. We get to encourage one another so that we are strengthened to live out our life of faith in the promise that Jesus is coming back now. He is coming back as he has promised. And this is our hope. This is what we hold on to. We know the end of the world is coming. It was promised right after Adam and Eve fell into sin. We know it's coming. So let us ready ourselves. Let us hold on to the truth of what God gives to us in Christ our Lord. Because Jesus again says, do not let these things terrify you. These things must take place. And again, when has there not been a time where we haven't been fighting with each other, when we haven't been at war with each other? But Jesus goes on. Then he said to them, and this is verse 10, Nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. There will be great earthquakes, and various places famines and pestilence. And there will be terrors and great signs from heaven. But before all this, they will lay their hands on you and persecute you, delivering you up to the synagogues and prisons, and you will be brought before kings and governors for my name's sake. And I want to pause here just for a second. I have no issue saying that I believe in Jesus. I believe that he died for my sins. I believe that even though I die, I will be in heaven with him. And this is what I get to hold on to. This is the promise that I have in the midst of what God has given to me. And so this is all, and I don't mean this frivolously, this is easy to say because I'm not being actively persecuted. I do not have to worry about confessing Christ as Lord, as Savior, and somebody seeking to kill me. We have the blessing in America that this is one of our fundamental rights. And with that, I get to confess. I get to live my faith out. Now, we also need to remember that because we are Christians, the world will persecute us. And there's various ways of persecution. And there's various ways that we can be oppressed and so on and so forth. And we need to, to hear this and we need to know this. But we also need to put it in perspective. We're not like the Christians in Africa. We're not the Christians in the Middle East, where to confess Christ is a, a, a true death sentence. And we need to be praying for them. But this verse simply says, uh, Jesus is telling us, for my name's sake, you will suffer. Just because you are a Christian, just because you believe in Christ, does not mean that everything works out for you and everything just comes together. We, we hear that we will suffer on this side of the earth or this side of heaven and we will struggle. 
But that's why we run to Christ. That's why we run to the promise. That's why we run to the fact that Jesus has already died to our sins. sins. He already has died our death, and we have the promise of heaven everlasting. And if we have this, we truly do get to face all persecution, any persecution, because we are in Christ. And that is what we will hold on to. And so, again, uh, this is verse 13. Jesus continues to, to speak and talk to us. And he says, This will be your opportunity to bear witness. Settle it, therefore, in your minds, not to meditate beforehand how to answer. For, it will give, for I will give you a mouth and wisdom which none of your adversaries will be able to withstand or contradict. You will be delivered up even by parents and brothers and relatives and friends, and some of you they will put to death. You will be hated by all for my name's sake, but not a hair of your head will perish. By your endurance, you will gain your lives. And again, right here, we're talking, or Jesus is talking about the simple fact that when we live in him, when we abide in him, when we participate in his life, we do not have to worry about what rulers, what principalities, what will happen, governors, government, kings, presidents, whatever. We don't have to worry about what they will do to us. Because we have the promise of life everlasting. We have the promise of forever. We are more than conquerors, as St. Paul tells us. Sin, death, and hell, they cannot make claim to us. Now again, this doesn't mean that we won't suffer. This doesn't mean that we won't have heartache, pains, trials, tribulations, all sorts of evil done to us and upon us. We just know they won't overcome us. And that is what we get to hold on to as we face whatever challenges is put in our way. Well, and this last statement, uh, verse 19, by your endurance, you will gain your lives. And this is living out your faith. This doesn't mean that you stand boldly and seek out all the people who seek your life. This means that you simply trust in God, and you believe in what He gives and delivers to you as your faith is strengthened by the preaching, by the proclamation, by the work of the Holy Spirit. Well, there's still more. So Jesus continues to speak, and this is verse 20. But when you see Jerusalem surrounded by armies, then know that it is desolation has come near. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains, and let those who are inside the city depart, and let not those who are out in the country enter it, for these are the days of vengeance, to fulfill all that is written. Alas, for women who are pregnant, and for those who are nursing infants in those days, for there will be great distress upon the earth, and wrath against this people." 
They will fall by the edge of the sword and be led captive among all nations. And Jerusalem will be tampered underfoot by the Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles are fulfilled. And once again, we, we see that this invading army is coming into Jerusalem. And this actually happens in 70 AD that Rome is sacked, or the Romans come in and Jerusalem is overtaken. The temple is destroyed. And this is never a good thing. We hear that women who are pregnant and nursing infants, there will be great distress, wrath against this people. These are horrific events promised by our Lord. And once again, when have we not seen horrific events done throughout the world to Christians, to non-Christians? And we need to remember that this is the, what the corruption of the earth produces. It produces death. It produces chaos, war. But there's still more. And there will be signs and sun and moon and stars and on the earth, distress of nations and perplexity because of the roaring of the sea and the waves, people fainting with fear and with foreboding of what is coming on the world. For the powers of heaven will be shaken. And then you will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Now when these things begin to take place, Straighten up and raise your head because your redemption is drawing near. And that last statement, the gospel is right there. Raise your heads because your redemption is drawing near. One of the most amazing things about what God gives and delivers, there is a lot of law, destruction, judgment, death, war, tumults, persecution, all these horrific things are coming. This is what God is promising. But notice right there at the end, your redemption is drawing near. You already have salvation. You already have forever. You already have the God of all power, might, strength, grace, glory at work for you. Your redemption is here in Christ. And when we get to see these signs, when we get to hear all these things, when we see Jesus coming in the cloud with power and great glory, we, his people, we actually get to rejoice. We get to see that the salvation is accomplished and fully given. We get to have our bodily resurrection. We get to be restored. We get to have the great and wondrous reunion of the saints of all time, the true communion of saints. And we get to enter into the glories of heaven because the judgment of your sin has already been pronounced. Your sins are forgiven, and life has been spoken upon you. The very life of Christ is yours. So that is why we get to look at wars. We get to look at the sun and the moon and all the things falling apart. And we, even in this, get to rejoice because the work of God has been made complete in Christ, and that work has been given to you. So look out into the world. Look and do not be led astray. Hear the voice of Christ calling you to repentance. 
and to life everlasting. For we do not know when the end will come. We do not know what is in store for us today, tomorrow, and the next and the next. But we do know the resurrection and life everlasting is already ours. Thank you for listening to Get Right for Sunday. I know that your time is valuable, and of all the things that you could have watched or listened to, you have chosen to deepen your biblical understanding with Get Right for Sunday. Would you take a moment to give a five-star rating of this podcast on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast platform? This actually helps others to be able to find Get Right for Sunday. Again, thank you for your time, your prayers, and support.